Welcome to Something About Grace. My name is Leland Smith. This message is called, Once We've Been Saved, What Happens Next? God created us as three-part beings. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, I'll come back to the scripture that says that in a minute. But here's what happens. When we give our lives to Jesus, our spirits are reborn, or you could say our spirit is recreated. It is sanctified, which means it's set apart by God and made holy so that God himself can live there. And it's the only part of us he can live in because it has become holy. You know, if you need evidence of God's love for us, you really don't need to look any further. What a powerful example. He changes us by his own will. And once that happens, we have everything that we need for life. Yeah, you heard me right. We have everything we need for life. The same way that we are saved is the same way we need to learn how to live our lives. We are to live by grace and faith. When we realize that we will not go to heaven on our own, that's when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. And so that's how it starts. Now, what happens next, unfortunately, is pretty typical. We're excited because that new birth in us gives us hope. We've now got a fire burning in us, so we read the Bible and look for anything we can get our hands on to fill that hunger to know God. Now, here's the unfortunate part. Are you ready? Okay, I'm not being judgmental, but it is a fact. We end up in churches that don't help us to fill that hunger. In fact, they make us feel worse when we come out than when we went in. How do I know that? Because that's what my wife and I went through for years and have heard the same thing from others. Now, that doesn't even make sense. Who would even want to go if you come out feeling worse than when you went in? So it's easy to see why people stay away. Ever since I was a child, I believed that if God is a loving God, and I knew he was, why would he put us here to be miserable? Think about that. Does it make sense to you? I really doubt it. You know, it seems like some people that don't go to church have more sense than we do because it ends up being a bad experience that we expose ourselves to over and over again. When I was a little kid, I stuck a screwdriver into an outlet. Do you think I ever did that again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That may seem like an extreme example, but really is it? So here's a suggestion. Find a church that builds you up and teaches you nothing but Jesus as our answer for everything in life. Did you know that in the Bible it says it pleases God to place us where he wants us? But you won't find where that is unless you visit other churches. And it took a few years, but what we began to realize was what we were experiencing at church was religion. And Christianity is not religion. It's a relationship with the God of the universe. The definition of religion, I believe it's in Latin, is to go into bondage. Well, that's not what God wants for us. So after some searching, my wife and I found the place that God wanted us to be. We knew in our hearts because we experienced a peace that confirmed it. So I suggest that if you're struggling with the messages you're currently hearing, pray and ask God to lead you to where he wants to plant you. Visit other churches more than once to confirm it in your heart. And of course, if you're married, you need to be in agreement about it. You should leave church feeling edified and not beaten down. 
And the messages should be about the gospel of grace because that's the true gospel. All right, let me ask you something. What did you do to become saved? Did you have to clean up your life first? Unfortunately, some churches teach us that you must, but Jesus accepts us just as we are, period. Then the Holy Spirit works inside of us to help us to make the changes that need to be made. So salvation is truly a gift that we could never earn. It's impossible. It was a gift and you just received it. And like I said, living life is supposed to be like when you get saved. It's by grace, which is also a free gift, through faith. Galatians 2 verses 20 and 21 says, The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave his life for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. Now listen to this. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, in other words, through our efforts and our own righteousness, then Christ died for nothing. So you see what it's saying is that it's not faith in ourselves that changes us. It's faith only in Jesus that changes us. Jesus says in John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, religion doesn't teach us that. We're deceived and think that we have a part in trying to fix ourselves. So we take on the responsibility of trying in our own strength to do what the Bible says we need to do. Well, if that's the case, it's all about us again, just like before we were saved. So we become legalistic, which contradicts grace. However, the Bible teaches that if you're legalistic and make everything into a law or try to live by the law, that's a sign of immaturity. Hmm. So what's a sign of maturity? Spiritually mature Christians know how to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit because God has written his laws in our hearts. But we've become really good at turning things into laws and becoming legalistic, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, and what ends up happening is that we set ourselves up for unrealistic expectations. Unfortunately, many people measure their maturity by legalism. The tendency is to set up lists, like to-do lists, like reading the Bible so many hours a day, doing good deeds, displaying bumper stickers, and they do this in kind of a religious way. Now, I'm not saying these things are wrong, but what's the motive? If it's to check things off on your to-do list or to appease God, now remember, we don't have to appease God. Jesus already did that. But when we're legalistic, we don't enjoy life because we're living under the law, and the law brings death. In the Bible, it says that the purpose of the law is to show us how helpless we are without Jesus for salvation. Our sin leads us to Jesus. And, you know, our utter failure to fix ourselves should cause us to look to Jesus for that also. Religion teaches us that we have a part in trying to fix ourselves. So we've been blinded to the grace message. And churches are afraid to teach grace because of what will happen. And what will happen is that we'll be liberated from the law. Jesus kept all the laws for us. So why are we trying to do something that's been accomplished for us and impossible for us to do anyway? You know, when you think about it, grace has always seemed radical in whatever time period. And Paul was continually attacked over the grace message. But remember, ultimately, it's the enemy of our soul that instigates the messages against grace as a powerful weapon to blind us 
and unfortunately many have been blinded and deceived. Okay, remember at the beginning I said I would be getting back to a verse that refers to us as spirit, soul, and body? All right, here it is. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Now the next verse puts it all together, and it's kind of the point to this whole thing. It says that God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Did you catch that? It says God will do it. Wow, what a God. You've been listening to Something About Grace, and my name is Leland Smith.